Hey, everybody. So uh, the next three weeks are going to be dedicated to Mr. Matt Munting. Um, if you knew him, then I don't need to say anything. If you didn't know him, uh, then please hit play and uh, let him speak for himself. Um, blue skies, bro. Blue skies call. They seduce us, pulling us irresistibly upwards, reminding us to fly our own line on our wings and in life. We are the seekers, adventurers, being one with the air, feeling everything and nothing at once. That's the magic we chase. Follow the call. Find your pure wild flight with NZ Aerosports. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust, like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low-pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. 
Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need. And I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah. Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can, in person, for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. And as as usual, now just diving straight in. Who the fuck are you guys? What do you do? Hi, uh, we're Matt and Nick. Um, the Matt and yeah. Nick Show. Yeah, the Matt and Nick Show. Nice. Uh, Leaning nice and close on that mic. Yeah, sorry, brother. That's all good. Uh, yeah, we're wingsuiters, basically. Wingsuiters. Yeah, or skydivers as well. But, yeah, we... we uh, formed a team and basically fly together you guys don't just fly together you guys do some pretty fucking epic shit man yeah it's pretty epic so where you got started in oz uh no i actually started in chicago scott of chicago okay yeah back in uh 2010 way way back in 2010 yeah, jesus yeah. christ nick how about you I started back in South Africa in 2006. Okay, also an old old timer now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. You look around the drop zone these days and... It's all kids. Definitely not the youngest one anymore. It's yeah. fucking all kids. Is that weird when that uh, when it starts to sink in that you're not the young buck? Yes. When And the, your dreads are, are a lot longer than they used yeah. to be. And yeah. yeah? Yeah, definitely. It's weird, right? Yeah, well, I guess that happens... It does. Well, you're an old married man. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you've been married for how long? Uh, shit, I should know this. Maybe two years. Oh, we better yeah, edit, edit that so the wife doesn't <laughs> no, no, hear it. No, she won't get it. Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's that like is. two years official, and we actually got married uh, twice. But you, one, twice? Yeah, once for us and once for the family. Oh, cool. Yeah, so nice, nice. So how is how is married life with doing all the stuff that you're doing? Does she travel with you when you're going and doing all this epic shit you do? No, not currently. We're kind of transitioning a bit towards that, but she at the moment she came over for a week or two at a time and lives in the van and travels around and What yeah. she think of that? She yeah, she loved it, you know. There's, for a week. There, yeah, there's you know, <laughs> She she doesn't like the cold water so much. All right. We obviously have to wash in a river. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't have a shower yet, so. All right, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. I mean, I can kind of see her point of view on that. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you guys been at this for quite a while together now. I mean, how many years have you been jumping together now? Five. 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 Because yeah, five you guys five started years. jumping together, what, just after Team Azure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so pretty much, well, we kind of started just as I was finishing or doing the last season with them, and then I decided that competing wasn't really what I wanted to do anymore, and then, yeah, we got more into wingsuiting. What was it about competing? You were just kind of done with it, or was there something that, that pushed you away from it? Yeah, more the way that the judging was set up. and It is kind of subjective, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you guys went out on a high note, didn't you? I mean, you you did really good for because you didn't compete together as a team for that long, did you? No, it was only three years. Um, yeah, no, it was real good. It was awesome competing, and 
it taught me a lot but yeah then wingsuiting and going in the mountains and hiking and stuff like that seemed more appealing so oh fair enough fair enough now that worked out with matt and you did you both start wingsuiting around the same time Uh, yeah pretty much yeah like i was just doing a few wingsuit jumps before matt maybe and then yeah i was there when you did your first wingsuit base jump yeah Uh, oh yeah. So um, the I know that we've talked about this before on, on one of the previous podcasts that uh, it helped out quite a lot in the type of wingsuit flying you're doing now, your free flying experience. Yeah. Because of the type of flying that you're doing now. And for you, it was the tunnel that uh, helped you out in yes. the wingsuit as well. Because the way you guys fly your fucking wingsuits is like it's like you don't even have the wingsuit on when you guys go vertical. I mean, you're just free flying. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, well, it's. Yeah, I think modern day suits they transition through all angles without losing pressure. You know, so we're we're able to go through vertical up to uh, almost head up. You know, which but, is sick. I mean, you can't hold that, but yeah, and we can flare, and it, it just gives you a lot more time to have a good time. The flaring now is, is I've watched the progression and that now every video you see, you see just a monster flare at the end of it all yeah. um, with what looks to be the softest fucking pillow openings every time. Exactly. It's got to be nice. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it, it kind of, we, like, we go slick and, you know, you feel the openings for sure. <laughs> it's like you're so used to nice, soft, like beautiful flares and stuff and yeah then you get back into normal skydive and, yeah. and get cracked exactly comparatively anyway exactly <laughs> yeah. Long, so both, both of you guys during the normal season you're full-time working skydivers yeah exactly checking drogue shooting video so doing aff video yeah yeah a little bit of aff <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. Probably move just back to tandems and video now, but <laughs> fair it enough. Was, it was interesting getting into a bit of AFF. Yeah. Well, yeah, so it's been a while, yeah. Or did you get your rating? We just got it. Oh, just, tell me, come on. So you all the shit that you guys pull um, and all the gnarly stuff that you've done. How was AFF for you guys? Uh, it it was actually stressful, you know. Like you you you're getting judged, you know. I think any time where somebody's judging your performance, it it always puts like a lot of strain, I guess, on you. Sure. But um, yeah, I think almost more so for having such a long gap be- between like being judged or being taught, and right. then having to be under the microscope and having someone look over your shoulder and. <laughs> Because normally you can kind of get away with being the more experienced person. Sure. And you kind of just blame it on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, now, but then if you have the AFF instructor, examiner, right? Like they know what's going on. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they see it all. They don't leave them a shit. She was so nice, though. She was. Who, yeah. did, your, who did your course? Paula? <laughs> Well, hey, as long as she did a good job. Yeah, yeah. No, that, what good. about taking students? I mean, that's got to be – because obviously with a tandem, you're taking somebody that's never jumped before, but it's all on you, and you know what you're doing. But I remember for me, the first time I did an actual AFF jump with a student that clearly knew jack shit except what I'd taught them, I was yeah. terrified. No, for sure, dude. Like, I'm not sure how people do that 
day in, day out, you know. like So much pressure. Yeah, some of the guys at the drop zone that we work out, they're gurus, you know, and yeah. they're used to it, I guess. But for me, it was, yeah, it was daunting. When they do it full time, I mean, uh, um, a mutual friend of all of ours, Junior, um, yeah. you know, teaching people how to do AFF and then doing a shitload of AFF as well. And I don't know how mm. multiple layers of responsibility. Yeah. I know. Now, for sure, doing tandems is a lot less oh, yeah. responsibility and, like, it's a lot more straightforward. <laughs> it's just chill. Yeah, well, at least you're in charge. Yeah. AFF was, it was fun, and it was fun to see when a student did good, but it was still crazy stressful. Whereas as soon as you're a competent tandem instructor, mm. it doesn't matter what student they give you. Mm. They're going to touch their toes or ball up or do nothing you tell them to do, and you're like... And whatever I'm, I can handle this. I can do it. Yeah, but it is very rewarding when they were good, when we had fun. I can't students. watch the landings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I terrifying watching them flare at thirty feet, mm. forty feet, and then no, let up. Sure. <laughs> so you guys had a good summer. This was this was like the first return almost to being normal since COVID. Yeah, exactly. So fucking, how was the summer? Tell me about it. Awesome. Uh, it's our best again. I think every summer gets better and better, and uh, we get smarter. Um, we we get, I guess, more friends, and we're open to more opportunities. You know, so sure. we're just out there saying yes to everything and going for it. <laughs> well, you guys have kind of gotten to the point now that you're you're uh, um, you've made a name for yourselves for sure. Because um, you've got multiple sponsors, you've got a sh you know you've got a huge presence on social media, and, and uh, um, with your sponsors, you're out there all the time. Um, so what what suit are you guys flying? You're flying squirrel, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So for the wingsuits, we're flying squirrel gear. Well, it's pretty much all squirrel gear yeah. for the the rigs, the canopies, and the wingsuits. And we're flying the freak, the aura, and the sea race. Yeah, that was the three wingsuits we had with us this summer. Okay. And I see you guys out there all the time with those. So are they setting you up with uh, stuff to do or they're just kind of following what you're up to? You know, where are the offers coming from? Yeah, no, I think it's all our ambition. We, they, I mean, obviously we, we have the suits and then we just, uh, like, we, we, do a variety of things now so we still train speed and flaring and stuff and then we do a lot of free fly base you know and then we also are passionate now towards the more alpine stuff and that's sort of new and it was super exciting this sure. year learning you know it was our first time in crampons with ice axes and stuff like that so no shit yeah. so where were you doing that um yeah, so we, the first little experience that we had of, like, proper snow and crampons was in Spain because uh, we started off the season in Spain. And then with uh, this crazy, crazy guy called Alex Villa. <laughs> okay, why is he crazy? <laughs> He's the nicest, friendliest guy. He's the best, one of the nicest people I've ever met in the sport. All right. But he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you say nuts, how do you mean nuts? Well, it's probably down to the six mango locos he drinks every every day. <laughs> like those tall monster energy drinks. And he's really? just Yeah, like I think Matt has a lot of energy, but Alex has way more energy and he's just like down to do everything. He was showing us jumps, taking us places and just always full power. Nice. Nice. 
Um, and so he was the alpine guide, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So he started off with the. He was like, "Yeah, we can go up this mountain, but it's still icy and there's snow, so we're going to need crampons and an ice axe." And I can give you the ice axe, but we should get some crampons and some boots, and then yeah, we'll go do that tomorrow morning. Uh, and we're like, "Yes, yeah, nice. Well, <laughs> sounds good." <laughs> and then the next day, we were standing there on this hill that was like forty. Or like 80 degrees or whatever with crampons and an ice axe and we're like yeah no this, idea this you've is, never done anything like this before to like yeah free flying so all right so you you're, you're doing this for to get to an exit point yes what the fuck do you do with the ice axe so you fly down with it so <laughs> we no but we we'd spoken to friends and it's now like it's getting quite popular or maybe we're getting to hang out with guys that do that a lot you right know? and so like for me it's always been a passion i love watching like big mountain climbing and stuff and i've always uh, i don't know it's a dream of mine sure and so like for me it was simple i've i've seen that like a lot of our friends are into it and stuff and right. so it was a natural progression and uh yeah and so we have the ice axe and the rope and stuff and you just kind of stuff it everywhere you can and then jump <laughs> off. So the, the ice axe pretty much hangs off of the neck like a little necklace, like a huge medallion. All right, one that can rip through your chest on a fucked up landing. Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, just, just checking. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's got a cover on the actual like sharp pointy bit. Well, that's good. And then we have these cool crampons that fold up pretty, pretty small and they go in the nutsack okay. of the wingsuit and all the other stuff, the jackets and the extra food and everything else that you have to bring kind of Just gets somewhere in the wingsuit and then <laughs> you jump down with it. So I did uh, uh, I did an interview uh, maybe six or eight months ago with Mo Valetto. And if you don't know who Mo Valetto is, he uh, was a fucking superstar. Um all the way through his entire skydiving career. Just a badass that started way, way, way back when. Uh, designed his own wingsuits, designed his own gear, all this stuff. He did uh, uh, some of the stunts for the movie Drop Zone. Like, okay, yeah. the guy is OG. Uh, and he built a base rig that was also a backpack for all his shit. Because he was doing backcountry hiking to get to these exit points to wingsuit off of, or to base jump off of. So he built a full-on backpack, and on the outside of the backpack is the rig with the risers that go across the entire backpack, and so he's hiking with this massive fucking backpack with a canopy on, and it, so he's jumping off cliffs with his pots and pans and shit in his backpack, and uh, that was his thing. So it just it's kind of funny that you're stuffing your wingsuits full of yeah. an ice axe and canned goods. To- <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes, like, it does. It feels a bit uncomfortable when you're s- sitting on the or standing but then yeah as soon as you start flying you don't feel most of it sure sure but i'd be terrified something sharp would fucking be snaking its way under my leg strap or something well yeah i'm watching the flying you guys are doing and i'll tell you what this is how i know i'm getting older and older and older is i watch you guys fly and i half of the time i'm like that's badass and the other half i'm like oh god guys fucking shaking my head going Because we're friends now. We've been uh, working together for a long, long fucking time. And I watch this going, oh, oh, man, come on. That shit's scary. (laughs) Yeah. No, but all all of the things that we put in the wingsuit, 
the one thing that the guy almost had a problem with was the boots. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Because, so obviously with the crampons, you have to be- wear these like big ice boots yeah. that that have like a very solid sole mm. so that the crampons fit underneath. And So we're hiking up this mountain and then halfway up, the guy goes, oh, I've never really tried my boots with this wingsuit that I'm going to jump. <laughs> this crazy guy. No, no, this was his friend. Okay. And I was like, no, don't worry, you'll be fine. Like, mine fit in good. It was all good, don't worry. And then it's like four hours to the top of the mountain, and then we get there, and we, like, relax, and then gear up. And then he's trying to get his foot in the booty, and it won't fit. (laughs) So he's like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, I'll just walk down. And I was like... And we're both like, Matt's like, how are you going to walk down? You can't walk down. It's taken four hours to come up. It's like full ice climbing at the end. There's no way you're going to go down by yourself. And he's like, and Matt's trying, and they're pulling the zipper together, and they're like trying to figure it out. And eventually I was like, well, what size are your shoes? Because maybe you can just wear mine and I'll wear yours. Because initially I was like, well, maybe I'll just go barefoot and I'll just give him my shoes. Right. And then I'll somehow put it, like, I'll give Matt one boot and I'll take one boot and we'll just, we'll just jump down. Because now we just need to, everyone to get off the mountain. All right. Because walking down was not an, not option. an option. Yeah. Not, not really. Or well, not on his own. Yeah. Fucking hell. And so he puts my shoes on and then I try his boots and they fit in my booties and then we could jump. Yeah. But he was so funny. He he looked like a like a like lost a... puppy almost, like <laughs> looking down and he can't fit the boots on and he's like it's not going to work. <laughs> you know. Like, it was dude, it was so funny. So I assume you tried your boots on with your wingsuit before. Yeah. You climbed I 4 did. hours up a fucking mountain. I yeah. did. For That's sure. I mean well, that would be the wise thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, my booties are pretty big because I normally have the big skate shoes on anyway, so... Fair it, enough. It, it worked out pretty oh, fucking But we, we tried with all the gear on, you know, yeah. so you know where to stick it so you sure. don't get to the top and you're like, ooh. Well, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you the guy that spent an entire evening doing base exits into a pool? Yes. To make sure you had your shit straight? Exactly. I like that. See, that's Many one of the evenings. things. That's one of the things when I'm watching your guys' video, I'm like, wait, I know these guys. We've talked before. They've told me their prep, I, so I get it. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, but it's crazy with some forethought yeah, yeah, so yeah. that I get but the whole yeah let's hike four and a half hours up a fucking mountain and not make sure that the gear is all sorted before yeah that's not so good nah well I guess he he was a bit <laughs> out of his depth there but he yeah he's but that was the beginning that was so the beginning then we just had the the crampons and the ice axe and then this last month in August basically then we went in, in Switzerland and did okay. the real big stuff. Okay. And that's when we jumped with a rope and, mm. yeah. So like, you, you're so having to... Like a 30-meter rope in the wingsuit and the ice axe. You're having to, to... Jesus Christ. So you like... <laughs> you need a wingsuit and, big enough for a payload. And gloves. Yeah. And, no, for sure. You, you almost need a wingsuit specific for that. It has a bit of extra room, but our wingsuit now, it's got extra storage, but it doesn't have mega storage option and now they have that 
in Wait, the so suits. I know jack shit about wingsuits. So you're telling me there's actually like pockets to keep shit in your wingsuit? Exactly. Really? Yeah. And so they, they've designed it so that next to your body, next to the arm wing, okay. is a huge pocket. Wow. Basically, that's like a huge zipper pocket so that you can keep a lot of things yeah. secure Stuff. there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. It makes perfect sense because, I mean, it's not like uh, there's only a few of these massive base jumps where you've got a chairlift that takes you to the top. Yeah. Um, but so it makes sense. I just never thought about it before. That's yeah. yeah, and it's getting more and more popular. And I think it actually stems from military. So that they had to sort of design spots to stick military gear and then we well, yeah, ask isn't that something they're, storage. they're doing with military is they're using that for like insertion into you, you can wing suit your way in now i don't know if it's fully caught on yet but i think it's they're, they're yeah i don't know i'd, I'd imagine yeah. i think the military has drones yeah exactly. they do have drones they yeah. do have drones yeah but you still gotta have come on I mean, yeah i mean you gotta try everything you gotta have boots on the ground come on man you gotta have boots on the ground <laughs> So so uh, um any any gnarly stuff this time around or was it all pretty fucking smooth anything uh, sketch any any jumping uh, into foggy stuff <laughs> No like the sketch thing was more coming back to that like high alpine stuff the climbing so the one of the jumps in Switzerland that we did was crossing a gla- like you drive up with a train to 3000 meters Okay then you get out of this little train station, you walk through a dark tunnel, and then you come out through a little hatch, and then you have to cross the glacier. And Is that, uh, that's not the Matterhorn, is it? No, no. That, that was at uh, Higher Eiger. Or oh, the Eiger. Eiger, 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 Eiger yeah. Uh, Eiger South okay. exit. So you cross the glacier, and then it's like a climbing pitch, two climbing pitches. With all your and base it, gear. Again, yeah, we're not climbers. <laughs> Yeah, we're not, we're no, not, we're not alpinists. For for us, we were lucky. We went with our mate Rudy, and he was awesome that day. Like he guided us the whole way through, and then he actually climbed up, lead climbed, right, and got to the top, and then rigged us up two top ropes. Okay, and then we followed him up. But it's it's always like we're burning so much steam just because we're we're like a bit paranoid you know sure. a bit scared sure and uh yeah and he was he was great though he was always like okay stop relax you know take yeah. your time but yeah we had to climb like a little bit and, but yeah then you're climbing with a backpack and all your things on and these massive boots yeah and it's like probably not real rock climbing but it's pretty <laughs> intense rock climbing well yeah yeah <laughs> For two well, city boys. For, well, come yeah, on. I mean, us, like it was. There was one point on that climb where I was like, even though I'm attached to the rope, it's like if I fall and I swing out, like I don't know what's going to happen. Sure, here. sure. So, I would. I'd never be able to wrap my head around the, that uh, overwhelming sense of pending uh, irony. If I fucking fell to my death with a base rig on my back, but it wasn't actually on, yeah, because I tumbled down the mountain because I fucked up the climb. That's the shit. That's why I could never do what you guys do, because that's what would be going through my head instead of just digging what was going on. I'd be like, "This is where this shit's gonna happen. This is my obituary is gonna be he fucking tumbled to his death <laughs> with a base rig before he made it to the exit point." Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but the Jungfrau as well. It's like a bit more of a snow hike, and so. 
we went with our mate Tim and um, we left like an hour earlier than all the other crew. And Tim, it was his first time going up there as well. So we were kind of finding the way, but it's it's well walked through or walked out. But we end up getting to the summit and then we were like, oh, yeah, we've got to go down here. And that section was like an hour and it was like full like cold wind our hands are frozen and we're like ice climbing down this <laughs> this slope while he's like in the snow body belaying us right and for us it was like all new and uh yeah it was like uh, terrifying i thought so what happens if you do all of that and you get to the exit point and it's no bueno well in which way in any way, you get up and it, the conditions have turned on you and the cold nah, winds well, are now... that's why we have Matt. Matt's checking the weather. <laughs> yeah. Nah, Matt, Matt's checking the weather throughout the summer, every day, all day. But you, obviously on those kind of jumps, you have to pick a day that's going to be... Sure. ...in your favor. Real good. You, there's like periods where three or four days in a row, normally the wind's pretty good and it's sunny, there's no clouds forecast, there's no storm, and then then it's a day to do that yeah because conditions are everything in that stuff yeah and that's why like from from early on i noticed that it's like you the weather can make or break your day you know and the more we go and the more we experience the more we understand it better and better and better and like for me i'm constantly on like three or four different weather forecasts like checking it against because a lot of the times it's not what it says but it's how you interpret what it says and now we start to understand a bit more about you know when it's going to be good and well i mean at the end of the day the weather reports it's still best guess i mean it's pretty fucking accurate guess but it is best guess because all of us have seen days that are forecast to be one thing and turned out to be completely different so you've really got a part of it is just kind of gut Exactly. Man. But if it's forecast to rain at 1 o'clock, then you're not going to do that jump and try and get it in at 12 o'clock. Sure. Well, some people might. Yeah. You can try and (laughs) go for like full full sunshine and then... And that one's hard too because you take the gondola up, so the gondola stops at like 5 or 6, so... If if you don't get back to the gondola by 5 or 6, then you're up the top. Yeah. And they have mountain huts and stuff that you can kind of go to, like, emergency shelters and stuff, but it's still going to make for a long few days. Sure. Well, I saw a video, uh, um, I guess it was last year, of the crew from Team One Call doing uh, um, a night in the snow flare base jump down the side of a fucking mountain. <laughs> and it was the coolest thing ever because it looked like, yeah. you know the old Star Wars movie when they jump into light speed? Yeah. That's what it fucking looked like. It and it was it. the baddest thing ever. And, uh. and again, that same voice in me, a part of it thinks that's the most incredible thing in the world and the other part is just puckered up so tight I can't see straight because they're just flying through this snow and you're getting this weird vertigo kind of shit. Yeah. And, and then it dawns on you, this fucking guy's flying. No. <laughs> But it's funny you should mention that because we actually did a night jump <laughs> this year. No, because we we like spoke to Espen as well right. about that flare jump, yeah. and we did a few here. And uh, yep. 
yeah, in the mountains. And we were training a bit and stuff. And then this year, like, because I watched the red glow off the rock as well. Right. So I thought of the place where you see the most rock, you know. Right. And I was like, it's going to be the best place for us to do this because there's rock everywhere. Right. So straight away I was like, hey, dude, we should do it here, you know. Right. And so this year I worked so hard to get the flares, it was impossible. Like I was asking mates, la-di-da, and I could get the flares, but they were down by the water and we were always like 10, 12 hours away. Right. And then towards the end, our friend was like, oh, I've actually got two flares. So I was like, okay, sweet. Let's go, Nick. Last full moon, we'll go use the flares. So we drove to the spot and uh, did the jump. And in hindsight, it was probably a bit more than we should, you know, (laughs) the jump. And I wouldn't do it again. Uh, But it turned out sort of exactly how we thought. Yeah. But, yeah, it it was an intense jump for sure. It would have to be. I mean, holy shit. Well, it was intense just watching when Espen did that jump. Mm. And then I talked to him about it. And, of course, well, you guys know Espen. He's so low-key and just chill about it. Oh, yeah, it was really cool. And I'd always wanted to do something like that. And just super relaxed about it. And, and again, I'm breaking out in a sweat just listening to him talk about it. So, of course, you guys have done that. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's fucking cool, though, right? I mean, uh, you say you wouldn't do it again, but it's a hell of an experience. No, I would do the flare jump. I just wouldn't do it where we decided to do it. We did it in a a crack, basically, because (laughs) I thought, no, well, I thought that the red's going to shine all over the rocks, but... I take it it didn't? Well, it did, but from behind. (laughs) So, like, Nick could see quite well, but me, myself, I couldn't see very well, so... I could see en- enough, obviously, because you're sitting here. But it it was like not like I can see far ahead, you know. So it was very like. Oh and, man! Yeah. I mean, was, all right. So you're in the middle of a jump like that. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to keep it together because everything counts on you being able to do what you need to do. But is there somewhere in the back of your mind that's just in the moment going, oh? Yes. <laughs> like the answer is yes. I was I was exactly doing that, man. I was going, "Oh, Shazer." Like and, and then it was like it was yeah. And then I landed and I, I said to Nick, I was like, "Okay, that was stupid." <laughs> like that's I'm yeah. I, I just watched this. Uh, I, I watched this series on HBO called "The Hundred Foot Wave," and it's about this guy that's been trying to surf the hundred foot wave for like his entire adult life. But there's a bunch of other big wave surfers that they talk to, and one of them um, was talking about how she had just caught a wave and realized as soon as she was standing on the board, I don't fucking want to be here. <laughs> I, I have no choice. I got the only way to out of this is to ride this thing. And there's a fucking mountain chasing me. And so to watch her try and puzzle through as you're watching the video of her doing it, talking through, yeah, at this point, I am not happy. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be there. <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's a great way to explain it. That's yeah. exactly how I thought. Yeah. Because then even after we got out, then we... We didn't have any friends there at the time, so we 
we didn't have any headlights on the ground basically so then we opened and then it's i think it's worse for me because that flare is just going off still right and it was shining so bright because the jump's a bit shorter than where we jump sure. normally so the flare was still, still going burning. and uh yeah so i couldn't really see the landing and stuff so it, it was a big field but yeah the whole jump itself was intense f- from start to finish <laughs> the flare is supposed to be seen from like miles away yeah and then you have a flare on your foot yeah and you have to look down at the ground to see where you're gonna land yeah so much for night vision yeah. no dude <laughs> I was yeah, trying to hold red, it back. Red light, in a way. night vision. Oh yeah, it's all good. Nah, <laughs> yeah. not, not not a flare. But definitely, those Norwegians are a different breed. Oh man. Well, so, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, it, you guys to me are a different breed anyway. I mean, some yeah. of the, the shit that you guys are up to. But that I can't imagine. Literally, from the time that you step off, going, "Oh fuck, I'm in it now." to the time that you're flaring to land your parachute, that's a long goddamn time to be having buyer's remorse. Mm, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's a long time. To, yeah. uh, uh, a friend, uh, Mark Norman, used to say, if you hadn't ate it, it wouldn't have made you sick. Yeah. That's what all you're thinking is, fuck, I shouldn't have swallowed that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, totally. I was like, geez. But Man. then I was like, no, nah, we're not using the second flare. So now we've still got it, so... If we find a better place. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now you guys have you guys have uh, swapped back and forth between a lot of things too, right? Because uh, I saw a couple of videos of you guys look like you were a lot tighter to terrain than I've seen you in a while. Okay. Um, was that this summer, or was this summer more free flying stuff and kind of out doing that? No, I think we we keep it mixed up a little bit. So what we've seen. And unfortunately, like if if you're just jumping by yourself and all you want is terrain flying, you can only go so close. Yeah, yeah. And you can only do it for so long. Yeah. So stepping back from that, having the both of us, having one leading, then the other one leading, one chasing, trying to film it rather than just being super low. Sure. And then mixing it up with free flying, jumping other suits, jumping slick doing more alpinistic stuff because like those jumps where we climbed up with the ice axe and you have the rope and stuff like that in the suit that's already enough yeah when we did those jumps you didn't even really worry about what you were doing on the jump (laughs) because the three hours build up to the jump was the excitement right right uh, how funny that the wingsuit base jump is the relief exactly we're going to fly down here, we're going to cruise along here a little bit, and then we're going to open and land, and it's going to be amazing. And we're going to cry the whole time because yeah. we can't see. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you guys started flying together, uh, obviously you end up, uh, somebody's taking lead, someone's uh, back a little bit to do the filming and stuff. That takes a lot of time to build up the trust that the guy in the lead is like on his shit, right? I mean, because when you're filming, you got to focus in on the guy you're filming. Yeah, but both times, like, if you're following, you're still watching where we're going. The jumps always build up. It's never a first time. The video, right. the videos that you see, we've done that line a few times most of the time. Never an on-site. It's, it's never the first time. Often we do solos, first jump. It's kind of like a little thing we've set. Cool. Where we do solos, we figure it out, we watch each other's videos, and then 
we can take it from there and then we can say like which way we want to go so you have an idea of what's coming up even if you're following nice nice yeah i mean and the opportunities that you guys have had in all the different places i mean it, it kind of is unlimited for what you guys can do especially at the level that you're flying now mm. and yeah and with with like the friends as well and now we all share information and everyone's helping each other so it's awesome you know it's a good community and Base jumping yeah. community is getting tight, yeah? Yeah, I mean, they, they always have been, but, uh, yeah. I mean, for us, we, we just try and be friends with everyone and try and learn from everyone, and I think that's kind of what we've focused on. Awesome. And then, like, we met some amazing people this year, like uh, m- amazing, like, alpine guys and flyers, and there's always something you can learn off someone, mm. you know? Any big goals on the horizon? Anything, uh, any uh, um, fucking yeah, apples you're aiming towards? We're going to climb Everest. <laughs> you're going to climb Everest, <laughs> no, huh? No, no. I want to. Be the first one to wingsuit down Everest? <laughs> no, someone did. Is. Someone uh, jumped Everest already. Valerie, yeah. didn't Valerie? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Valerie. We jumped somewhere. Not Obviously not off the top, but somewhere off Everest. Yeah. No, I, I don't we know. don't know. I, I like I'm, summer. I like warm weather. <laughs> yeah. no, and the, the fingers freezing is not. It's nah, not fun. No, nah, it's nah. not fun. Yeah. But there's always something that happens now from the winter and stuff, and we just wait and see what comes. And yeah. Now, but the the high alpine stuff, we only did those two jumps in Switzerland, almost in the last week, just mm. before we came, mm. like to the end of the summer. So. There's definitely, we need to go back there and do some more of that. Because even though as I was climbing the Jungfrau that time, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I don't need to do this. I've done it. After we landed, I was like, we need to do that again. Yeah, yeah. right, right. We, we could have like, done that better. Yeah. I, like well, the, the, I said the flight and stuff, I definitely want to do that again. And like Matt was saying, because like you're doing it for the first time, we were, or I was exhausted. Mm. You know, you, it takes a lot out of you. And sure. we, we had a few big days in a row. And you want to train yourself to do that consistently sure. and then be better at it. And then Well, there's it. something, there's something uh, uh, I don't want to use the word attractive, but I can't think of a better word. There's something attractive about the, the misery involved in all of that. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like I did the, the hike to base camp in Everest and I've said on the podcast before it fucking thing kicked my ass. Like mm-hmm. I got to base camp, just a big ball of fucking whimpering goo uh, and swore, all right, I've been here. I don't never need to come back. And I hadn't even taken the flight home before I'm like, all right, when, when can I come back to do mm-hmm. that again? Top two fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just, I don't know what it is. Something uh, people are really good at forgetting pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's also good to like challenge yourself and know that you you do it and you do it better. And yeah. Because we hiked a lot this season, I think more than we have usually. Yeah. That by the end of it, we were doing hikes that before we had done in three hours and three and a half hours or something. And I remember those hikes being like very tough. Yeah. And then we did it in two hours and 20 minutes. Fitness goes through the roof, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, sweet, we can we can do that. So if I can do that and I can do that consistently, then I can go up to 4,000 meters. Sure. And then maybe I won't feel 
as completely fucked as I did sure. last time. Well, I'd imagine and, it's got to be. And I'll wear better gloves and it won't be as cold. <laughs> yeah. And, and I will know that I need to bring an extra top. All right. Well, another, I mean, another extra top. It's, it's not like be... I went there with no extra top, but another one. And, right. And things like that. And then, you know, it's going to be better next time. For sure. Well, and I'd imagine, too, when you're doing that kind of stuff, it's awful tough to be a, a chubby alpine base jumper. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. not going to carry around a lot of extra weight no matter what. I mean, if you're putting in that kind of effort just to get to the exit points, yeah. I mean, holy shit. I suppose it could be done, but. No, no. It definitely separates yeah. the people that are going to put in a lot of effort compared to people that are just going to go, oh, there's a cable car. We can go jump here. Right. Uh, Right. Well, Espen talked about that quite a lot is, is how easy some of the, the stuff that he's jumping or was jumping is that it's it's literally like going snow skiing. You just yeah. you land, pack your shit, hop back on the cable car and, and yeah. you can just crank out more jump, more base jumps than you could at some drop zone skydiving. Yeah. yeah. No, is, he, he lives next door to right? probably the most prolific uh, oh, yeah. jump you could do. He know? talked like, about him and Amber just, I mean, it's that's uh, laps. Yeah, you go, hey, let's go crank out a couple of jumps and go have breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> the fuck, you know, I yeah. mean, how how you can do that and, and be doing such epic stuff and, you know, 20 minutes later you're sitting at the bar, you know, having oh. a casual drink and a steak. No, it's a sweet mix because, like, you know, if you get tired of the hikes, you can go and run gondola laps and then go back to the hiking and, it like, you can find a good variety of jumps. Sure. Now, do you guys see uh, base jumping continuing to evolve in uh, the aspect of being more accepted? Because I know in, in a lot of places in Europe you can do it, but like some places like Australia, I was just talking to one of the guys out there from NZ Aerosports, and he's like, it's a full game off. You're fucked if you get caught. Yeah. Like it's get away all, at all costs kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of like... For us, it's a mountain sport, you know, so I think in Europe, in the mountains and some places in the States as well, it's like you can't really regulate that area. Tough to stop you know? people, yeah. So, yeah, Europe's pretty good on that. Yeah. That they're very liberal and they're open to people making their own decisions. Sure. And skiing and mountain climbing in general is viewed the same as base jumping. Sure. But it, I think it is getting more strict. Really? It so it's going, gone the opposite direction. I think so. Wow, that's a well. Like, so, but you guys have had like crazy world. opportunities that are completely opposite to that. Like you guys got to jump off the tallest building in the world. Yeah, we did. Which fucking, I mean, come on, how yeah. cool was that? It was amazing. It had to be. <laughs> yeah. It had to be. It was well, jumping off the tallest building is for sure a dream come true, like for everyone. For every base jumper, I think even the people that we've spoken to since then and a lot of base jumpers will come up to us and be like, how was that? Because yeah. everyone would want to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, holy shit. I mean, uh, well, and, uh, the only thing that I could wrap, I couldn't wrap my head around was I can, I can understand standing on the side of a cliff and looking down only because I've climbed a lot. And so I can have that perspective of the walls against you and, and it's just open air out that way. But you guys were standing on top of basically a really tall fucking needle. And 360 degrees around you, there is well, nothing. Well, he wasn't even standing on the needle. Yeah. We're, I mean, we, well, 
basically we were standing on nothing yeah there, there's <laughs> on a pizza box exactly we both were but basically it's so small up there like you can fit two people standing belly to belly basically you know like in in this round hole right and so for us to jump now they have to build like a platform on there right and basically they built like a budgie perch it was like <laughs> no but seriously it was like imagine sticking a stick on top of that round thing right and then they put like a like a like a wood for our feet you know just a plank for you guys to stand on yeah so the the crossbar is like a half meter maybe what? less than a half meter wide yeah wide okay and then it sticks out like a meter off from the actual pinnacle of the building <laughs> so when you're standing on a looking down you're not even standing on the building you're basically just in free space in thin air dude and like, on like a pizza box even size we, we little did, platform we did uh six jumps off that perch and it, it still didn't feel comfortable after the six i was know? gonna say it's i like, mean you've got the gear on your your wingsuits you're ready to go but that doesn't fucking matter i mean holy shit it, it was the weirdest thing ever dude because like your feet are there but you're looking <laughs> straight down normally you've got the edge you know but like the whole time i was like kind of standing there and, and so because the top of the building is like that little area right the pinnacle thing and you can only have one person at a time then matt went up first got ready and then stood on his little pizza box <laughs> And then I had to climb up and get ready. And then in that little area, it's not like getting ready on a normal cliff. So it's real difficult and you have to like squeeze into your rig and make sure you don't... Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Back the fuck up. You are not in a zipped up... You're not ready to jump when you get on the pizza box? No, on the pizza pizza box box I am. But But just below the pizza box is like, I don't know, one meter diagonal tube a tube thing yeah. with that plank going across <laughs> so you have to stand you have to basically climb up the pinnacle open the hatch right stand on the side drop the hatch down and then stand on the hatch jesus and then you can get ready there and then you have to climb up so that the other person can come up <laughs> so, so you're you're left so, standing so he yeah. was doing it first and he was going up there standing up there then i was going up opening the hatch doing like getting ready and that took like 30 minutes, 30 minutes. oh jesus so how long were you just standing there like looking 30 around minutes oh that no. it was amazing well it's amazing it's a great opportunity I yeah mean, for sure who, but who gets to go up and stand on there for 30 minutes dude and like it was cool like i had like a pole to balance and hold and stuff so i was just sitting up there looking around at the view enjoying it man Whoa. and it it was sick dude it gives me the release <laughs> the whole time you're still like focused on the job and stuff like that and well, I mean, the but, jump was epic. So you guys jump off of this building, but you didn't just jump off the building. You fucking flew basically at or through another one. Yeah. So and and then opened above the highway, <laughs> which so. is like six lanes going one way, six lanes going. And there's way. never not traffic. No, it's lava. <laughs> it's lava. Yeah, it was like Frogger. 
<laughs> An airdrop version of Frogger. Yeah, dude. But it was, we were so lucky, man. It was such an amazing thing. And it was, even the whole thing, it was so cool. We, we did basically two jumps in a shot. We did it uh, four days, so like eight jumps. And uh, four in the day, four at night. And yeah, it was sick. It had like, to be. Our mate Emma picked us up, drove us back to the to the building. We went in the bottom, went all the way back up again. And I can't even climbed. imagine the high you must have off of that. Just as you're, you've just landed and you're walking back, it has just got to be yeah. fucking walking on air. Exactly. Yeah, and every time, like you pass the building, you just <laughs> you look. And it, yeah. it's awesome now because now you drive down the road and you're like, boom, 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 and you look at all these different has to things be. that you've done. It has to be. Like, yeah, well, and you look around and you you uh, um, you have a perspective that's unique pretty much to every other fucking human being in not just that city but in pretty much every city. You've, you've yeah. seen... You know, you that stood on the top of the tallest fucking building in the world and then just hucked off of it. Yeah, and pretty much yeah, the guys we grew up like idolizing, it, it's like we following in their footsteps. Sure. You know, so, and that's and, the same thing though. In like a lot of places that we're jumping in Europe in the mountains, is you end up on top of this mountain and it's taking you four hours or something to get there, and you're like, there's not that many people that have been here. No. And I would never have been here if it wasn't for jumping. Wow. I wouldn't, like, I take my hat off to the people that go up there and then hike back down. Right. Because hiking back down sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys get the easy route down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the people that just go there and they're like, yeah, sweet, we go to the top and then get a quick picture and then they turn around and go back down. Right. That's pretty, pretty brutal. That's pretty impressive. Pretty brutal, yeah. Yeah, we're so privileged, man. It's like we we get all that bang and then the jump afterwards, you know. Yeah, for sure. And we get down halfway through the day, and then we can relax at a lake and sunbake, and yeah, it's the best, man. And like those high alpine ones, and you see all the views, you do all the cool stuff without the agony of going down with your knees getting all buckled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the worst part of coming down from my Everest trek was every fucking step down was just, yeah, brutal. Well, and that's what they say about uh, uh, when you climb Everest for when you guys climb Everest, that the top is only halfway. Yeah, So seriously, is that something you really want to do or is it just to talk? I have for years, man. Yeah. Really? Because I fell in love with the lore of that mountain way back in 96, um, 97, actually, when they wrote the book Into Thin Air. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that's why I had to go hike it and see it. And I fell in love with that and and was supposed to go. This is the second time around I was supposed to go and then go with Skydive Everest and do the jump. Uh, But COVID fucked that up again. Um, But I decided as soon as I hit base camp, when I was fucking dead, and looking up at the mountain going, this is where it fucking starts. Yeah. This is the beginning of the climb. That's yeah. when I went. I felt amazing because I'm like, I'm fucked right now. And I know for the first time since 1997 that I don't want to fucking climb that thing. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. As soon as I got there, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm good. Yeah. It's woof. 
So are you going to, like, seriously? Is that something you're going to pursue? Yeah. Really? Uh, well, let's see. Fucking uh, hell. Uh, it, they, these things tend to have a way of, like, falling into place at sure. some point. So sure. I'm waiting for it to come. But well, you know, the cool thing about something come. like that is you have a dream or a goal like that that doesn't even necessarily have to come true. It's that drive to do it, and then either you push through and you do it or you make the decision like I did that that was an amazing dream that I'm okay never achieving. Right. And it's still this amazing dream, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll dream about being able to do that forever, and I'll follow all this shit that happens on Everest until the day I die, yeah. um, having never tried to fucking climb that thing. <laughs> For me, for me, it tends to be like these long-term things where, like, I I see it like from years before, and I don't necessarily focus all my energy at it, but somehow, some way, like, sure, it starts edging towards that, and then I see it when it's closer, and yeah, then I go for it. The furthest I got with that was actually contacting a, um, an alpine training group that does uh, pre-climbs uh, to work your way up to Everest. Yeah. And you start out on this mountain and then go to this one and that one and the oh. other thing. And I started doing the math and I'm like, all right, fuck, I'm going to have to get a lot richer know, yeah. <laughs> to be able to do this. And even being able to make an attempt on Everest would be like three years of hard training away. And I went, ah, that's good. No, yeah. I don't want to try and be the oldest guy ever to climb Everest. <laughs> Like I'm good yeah. with that. Well, let's see. There's always a way, but I, yeah. I'm I'm stoked if it doesn't happen as well. But it's, sure, it's definitely always been a a goal, and that's why, like, when we first put the crampons on, like, I was like, I've seen it in so many mountaineering movies. I was just like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> and it's like I, I almost knew how to like stick your feet on the way up sure. just from watching it. Sure. Well, that's part of it, though, right, too, is if you're into, uh, especially extreme sports, but anything in particular, and you pay close attention to it, and you've got any, any body awareness, you're trying as hard as you can to imitate what you saw. Yeah. So you're kind of, I don't want to say a little bit ahead of the game, but you've at least got, you're not, you know, your head's not completely up your ass. Yeah. Well, you're not clueless. Like, yeah. you, you've watched it, and you're like, okay, yeah, I get why they did that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, then, you watch the movie Everest uh, in the one scene where they're trying to teach one group how to put their crampons on in base camp. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that guy's the disposable character in this movie. He's clearly going to fucking die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a, a pretty epic year for you guys. Yeah, always is. Yeah, it's been a real good. And we try and do it every summer better you know like that's pretty much like a goal that i've had since i was 20 is like every summer is the best summer ever La last year was a bit of a hold on that yeah. was a mulligan. the traveling wasn't <laughs> exactly so easy. yeah but yeah in terms of like what we did wingsuiting and where we went that's that uh, doesn't suck well and then you get people like me who get to live vicariously through the stuff you're doing because i don't want to do what you do but i i love the excitement of thinking about it and oh that would be amazing and and uh there's something about knowing that if i trained and i had access to guys like you i could learn to do some of the stuff you do if i wanted to and just knowing that you kind of have that option is enough for me to go okay i'm good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, like, watching people now, it's becoming, uh, I don't want to say easier, but it's like people are smarter with it now, you know? It's like now the progression is 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 there. It's like you can go and get it. 
Well, it seems to be. It seems to be like uh, base jumping um, is going the same direction that canopy piloting did back when the high performance stuff first started coming out and stilettos and bat wings and all that. And people were hooking themselves in left, right and center. Uh, And then people started going, oh, wait, we should probably teach people how to fly their parachutes before they're doing this kind of stuff. And now you've got all these amazing canopy courses. And it's not that people aren't still hooking themselves in, but it's that people have access to dramatically more thorough training than they ever did before and it's got to be the same with you guys but it's more of a community thing you know i mean although i know that there's base courses out there yeah and like everyone's smarter now like now it's all numbers like fly sites like lasers everyone's starting to get more switched on with sure conditions and time of day to jump and it's like there's really no bad exit there's just bad conditions you sure know? sure i mean when you get to a certain level it, it's like you know it's a conditions-based sport and it's like if you don't put yourself in the corner then i mean there's always a way to make a good jump well and you kind of learn from experience too right because i mean you guys have told me about a couple of jumps where you weren't exactly in the corner but you were definitely heading that direction no, and yeah. and ended up kind of pulling it out and you land from those going oof, okay lesson learned exactly yeah but i think we're so far along that like you said with the canopy piloting you can there's no excuses for young people or young in the sport to go and do it in a silly way yeah there are courses there are people that you can approach you can ask and you can look back on everyone else's experience and their progression sure and then you don't have to make all of those mistakes well and we finally kind of gotten to a point where because all that training is out there if you are the guy making the idiot choices you're looked down upon you know there used to be a time when that was just the ballsy guy he's out going for it and now it's oh this fucking moron again totally because if you see on the base fatality list now someone with 150 jumps yeah you're like well uh, well yeah we we could have probably avoided that one yeah is the list shrinking or is it, it getting is, bigger? Yeah. Is it? That, like, so congratulations, this, this year was I think. Pretty good. Yeah. Like, for, for like a breakout sort of now, everyone can go after Corona and stuff like that. To me, it seemed like it was. I kind of thought there was going to be a spike because of exactly that. People uh, are a year down, you know, and, mm. and uncurrent. and. Mm. But, yeah, I think all in all, I think it's. People are getting yeah, smarter, man. There's there, there's still there's always going to be a, of course. a few outliers, you know. And like even for me now, it's like you you try not to get over zealous with the advice, you know, because a lot of the times people won't listen, you know. Sure. Well, unsolicited advice is rarely ever taken. Yeah. If somebody yeah. comes over to tell you what you're doing wrong, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's learning to be smart enough, and and especially with guys like you that are clearly going out of your way. And and I've had a, a bunch of pot, uh, comments on the previous podcast where again we talked about stuff like you jumping in the swimming pool over and over and over again and being safe in that regard that sticks with people, you know. And they're like, oh wait, these are the guys that are fucking doing this amazing shit that I'm watching that I want to do, and this guy spent a whole night jumping in the swimming pool doing belly flops because he wanted to make sure he had the fucking exit down that's badass you know and so that's kind of that's all right that's the guy i want to ask advice from you yeah. know? 
So that's very cool. Yeah, we've been we've always been lucky. Like we've had a lot of good people around us, and we learnt that from sure our friends. You know, like our friends are some of the most like trained, yeah. accomplished guys. So it's like there's only one way to do it. I think. How many base jumps apiece do you guys have now? Yeah, we don't log, so it's kind of tough. I stop. like it'd be pulling. A cat out of a hat. I'm not sure. Ballpark. Uh, it's not that many. Yeah. It's well, like, I would say... I have none. Eight, 800. Yeah, maybe around 800. So, that's a fuckload of base jumps. I don't want to say anything official. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I so I equate a lot of base jumping, unless it's urban base jumping, I equate base jumping with learning how to skydive out of a Cessna. It takes a long fucking time to get every jump. Uh. Yeah, so if you think about it, this season... I think I said we did like 130 jumps. <laughs> is that with rat uh, here or is no, that? No, no, just the summer in Europe. Okay. Just in the three months. Well, that's good. That's a lot of jumps. Yeah, but we go hard, man. Like we, like I, I'm crazy. Like I, when I'm there, I'm like trying to jump as much as I can. Sure. So it's like I, We're I jumping almost every day. Yeah. At least once often or mostly twice and then sometimes six times i fucking yeah. od on adrenaline <laughs> yeah well it doesn't yeah it's not even like now it's like the whole experience i just want to explore everywhere you sure. know and it's like we we're hiking up cool places and then the next corny like whoa this right. is so sick and then the next corny like whoa well, it's funny because I talk about uh, um, base jumping like most people would talk about skydiving because I'm used to skydiving. You know, you don't even think about it when you're rolling out of the airplane anymore. You've been doing it for so fucking long. Yeah. But I have no experience with what you guys do. So I look at it exactly like a non-jumper would to a skydiver. It's, oh, my God, you must just be soaked with adrenaline. And at the yeah, end of the day, yeah, you're like, exactly. that was pretty fucking chill. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. was a relaxing base jump down the side of a mountain. Yeah. Well, there are ones. Yeah, I, mean, I have no doubt. Sure. There's no. cruisy ones, you know, but the, but yeah, for me, it's just exploring. I nice. love it. Nice. Like around every corner. And the more you go, like even we went back to a spot this year in the Dolomites and it was like, we went there when we first explored outside of Brento, you know, it was our first like little spot hiking and finding spots and it was so sick to go back there and see it with our eyes now, you sure. know, and, and see different uh, spots and opportunities and uh, old spots. And it, it was, it's just awesome because every time you go back, it's like you see it with a new pair of glasses. Sure. Yeah. A new perspective for sure. That's awesome. Well, so now it's back to the grind for you guys. Yeah, nine to five, bro. Oh, man. Chucking drugs and shooting tandem videos and trying not to get puked on. Exactly. Yeah, but nice. it's, it's like we don't get a break, man. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair no, enough. We also don't get puked on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been puked on a couple of times. I have once. Times. Yeah, once. yeah, yeah. It's not, uh, I don't you? recommend it. Never. No. no, I have once. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, cool. I had a, a, a radio host right. um, for uh, AM radio came out, and she wanted to do a, a tandem, and she wanted to be mic'd up for the whole thing. And I'm like, well, all you're going to hear is through the whole yeah. thing. She's like, that's okay. We'll see what we can get. And I'm like, well, maybe you'll be able to hear something under canopy. Right. So, yeah, so we do the jump, and, and uh, 
parachute opens up and you hear me asking the standard question, all right, what'd you think of that? And right out of her mouth, she says, I think I'm going to be sick. So I say, okay, if you're going to be sick, just aim down. Well, right in the middle of down, she let go facing forward and you hear the uh, just her letting loose for probably a good solid 15 seconds, 20 seconds. And then the next thing you hear is me saying, did you have bananas for breakfast? Oh, no. Yeah, because that's what it tasted like. Oh, <laughs> she yeah. caught me with my mouth open. <laughs> oh. So yay, yay for tandems. Oh, dude. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's give a shout out to sponsors. We got Squirrel, yeah. big time. Squirrel, uh, NZ Aerosports. Nice. Hey, we just happened to be on a podcast that's run by NZ Aerosports. Yeah. Bravo to NZ Aerosports. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Boys. Fuck yeah. All right. Exactly. That's the good thing about being back from the summer. We get to fly the, the canopies. Sporty right. little fuckers. It was, no, it was it's, exciting. It's, it's always, always exciting. Awesome. I bet. When we come back from flying 220s. I bet. Flying a layer. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to it be. Is. So right. NZ Aerosports. Dirty Habits. Dirty Habits, still my favorite fucking company name ever. Yeah. Yeah. They're still with us. Um, Time Fly. Time Fly has been amazing this season with the helmets. Awesome. It's also really cool to see because, uh, I love saying this though, because so many people are jumping the, the TFXs, the actual rated helmets. Right. So it's the first time in base jumping that people are actually jumping helmets a, that are going to protect them. A proper rated helmet, not yeah. just decoration. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. That's good. Well, fucking hell. I mean, that's. it sounds like you had a hell of a season. What? It sounds like you had a hell of a season. It sounds like you jumped the fucking hell out of a bunch of mountains and the tallest building in the world and all of this stuff, and you've got plans for just an endless string of summers to continue doing this. So Exactly. How do people follow this shit? How do they find you guys? Where is the Mac and Nick show other than YouTube? On Instagram. Yeah. And then you can find us on Instagram individually. And what are the, so is it the Matt and Nick show Instagram? Yeah. The Matt and Nick show on Instagram. <laughs> awesome. And then Nicholas and Matt, uh, Matt Munting and Nicholas Scalabrino. On, on Instagram. All right. Speaking <laughs> of, uh, yeah. does the wife have a problem with the fact that you have a, a, a non-sexual life mate with you? No. Is no. there no, jealousy but, involved? But, but we've did, we did real good this summer because we had separate vans. Uh, yeah. So, so we had our own space. Really? Yeah. So it wasn't the whole full-on life mate thing no, this year. No. Awesome. No, I bought I bought a brand new big van, and I'm really frothing because <laughs> I'm gonna build it up so the missus can come along and have a hot shower. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That that way you can guys share a little bit. Yeah. I always wondered about that because I mean, as soon as the summer hits, you guys are gone, and it's you two. Uh, and I always wondered what the wife would think. Oh, nah. fuck. I don't have a husband for the next four months, five months. Yeah. He's just gone. <laughs> nah, she, she's super chill, always. Awesome. Legend. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for, for coming in the studio, sitting down before you you go out and, and work a, a yeah. long, hard season. But I'm glad you had a, a badass summer. Yeah. Thank but you. But fingers crossed we might do some cool stuff this season, too. I want to hear about it. We'll get you back in. I, I want to hear about this shit. And as soon as you book Everest... I'll at least hike to base camp and, yeah. and wave at you okay. as you as you go through the ice fall. Uh, it could be a few years. All right. All right. <laughs> it might be 70. I might be. Yeah. I might be. All right. Exactly. So the Matt and Nick show on Instagram. We'll see you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Peace. You beauty.
And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right. Head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to YouTube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe Podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around. gang so just a quick heads up uh, instead of doing what I've been promising for ages which is to get around to that audiobook instead I went ahead and compiled all 10 years of the blue skies writing that I did and put it together in a fucking book you'd be able to find it in pretty much any of the marketplaces that Amazon has. It is literally every single word I ever wrote from that magazine, and it's all put together in nice book form. You can buy it in ebook, you can buy it in paperback, and believe it or not, you can even buy it in fucking hardback. Uh, again, it's going to be available here really, really soon. 
This one not only includes all the articles that were in the first fucking pilot book, but about 60 more articles. It's got 350 or so pages of some pretty funny, inappropriate, and hopefully informative shit. So check it out.